to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Welcome in. Happy NFL weekend. I know a lot of people are super excited about this one. We are going to recap on a Sunday evening for you, maybe Monday morning, the week one of NFL football. Also going to have um, a, little, a little throwback, blind review. Currently watching the Buccaneers versus the Cowboys. Also going to have that Monday night football game. So you know what? Why not? Let's do it. It's my idea anyway. Uh, then we're also going to run through some college football. We had an exciting weekend. We did. You're probably going to hear it in the voices. Yeah. Uh, a, long, a lot of long <clears throat> nights in Austin, Texas. I was there for a bachelor party. Got in on Thursday. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of sleep took place. I got this thing called a whoop. It's a little health tracker thing. Patrick Mahomes invested in it. And I was like, you know what? It seems pretty neat. I'm going to check it out and support my guy. Super cool. The one thing that it does is it tracks your, your strain that you get through the day. It's so like your exercise, anything you do in your sleep, and then it tells you like what your recovery percentage is the next day. Mine never got higher than 30% over the last four days. And that's a free ad for Whoop. Won't do that again. I'm going to recap uh, what I thought was a really good college football weekend as well. Obviously going to talk about that Texas-Alabama game. And then going to end the show with a little studs or duds uh, for fantasy football. And just recapping kind of the weekend there too, but more specifically uh, the players. Let's start with the NFL weekend, uh, the slate of games. Just going from start to finish. The Saints and Falcons game, I was able to catch some of that in the airport today. A little just wild, the up and down. There for a while, I thought, what the hell is happening to the Saints, and why are the Falcons about to beat them? However, the Saints come back and win this thing. Michael Thomas, uh, he's back. Who's back? Michael Thomas is back. Uh, He looked pretty good. I still can't believe that Alvin Kamara is just able to play football. Yeah. Just going to let him. He beat the shit out of a guy, whether it was warranted or not. He beat the shit out we, of me. And he got arrested after the Pro Bowl. At the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Just walking out like, hey, uh, actually, you're coming home with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the Saints do win that game. I will say I've been a, a little bit of a Falcons. I'm not even going to say hater. I've been a Falcons realist since they lost the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of impressed today watching Marcus Mariota play. And them being a little bit even creative with offense. Patterson rushed for 120 yards, but... I thought it looked at, at minimum entertaining. I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't know how many games they're going to win. But it was at least a little bit entertaining to watch Marcus Mariota kind of run, you know, almost that Oregon-style offense. I mean, I watched him run the triple option a couple times, and that excited me very much. Yep, and then on the other side of that with the Saints, Jameis Winston, I didn't think he looked bad. He had a couple plays there at the end of the game or throws that was like, hey, you got to make this throw. Like, this play needs to be made. And he didn't. And I know, you know, Jameis Winston last year started off real hot, too, uh, against the Green Bay Packers. And we're like, oh, my God, Jameis Winston, there's a new version of this. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But Javaris Landry, another name. You know, you mentioned Michael Thomas. But I think Javaris Landry is almost one of those guys who we kind of forget ended up going back to New Orleans as well to play at the Saints. Rocking a number five, looks slick as hell. Seven receptions for 114 yards. Stellar game for the Saints. You know, at one point, be down and looking like, ooh, this is – 
you're going to lose to the Falcons week one, and you come in the fourth quarter and actually win the ball game. It yeah. would have been very I, sad. I still think both teams are going to be not good this year. Um, how about this one, though? Wild game. The 49ers at the Chicago Bears. Seeing the pregame stuff for this game, I thought they shouldn't have even played the game. Like, how is there's like no drainage system on the field? Like, I, I don't understand how the water just can come up and just sit on the earth like that on the field. I shouldn't even mm-hmm. say earth, just on the field and their sidelines. I don't know if you saw that picture. It wasn't even straight. The the out of bounds line were like squiggly. They were oh, not like straight. Good luck putting paint down when yeah. it's pouring rain like that. That's uh, that's why a lot of those teams go to the field turf stuff. Mm-hmm. But I. I'm really uh, surprised that the NFL didn't step in and say, like, hey, you're not playing this game today. Do it tomorrow. Yep. And especially uh, post-COVID, when you know that some of these games can be changed and, like, you survive it. You yeah. know, we were playing games on Tuesday nights a couple of years ago. I, I think the NFL should have stepped in and said, hey, this field is not in good condition. You're not playing here today. Let's do it tomorrow. I also think that this should solidify the fact that the Chicago Bears need a new stadium, field, location, everything, they've just got to, they should bulldoze it. And I, yeah. there are probably a lot of Bears historians that are like, I love Soldier Field. It doesn't even look like Soldier Field anymore because of the renovations that they did. Yep. It's absolute shit show right there in downtown Chicago. They, they got to move it. They got to do something different because it looked like shit, literally, on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, Justin Fields, he didn't start off too hot, but the fact is you eventually win the ball game. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to see in Chicago. Yep. You, just want I, to, you want to see a W. Looking at these quarterbacks, both of them, the young guys, in that those type of field conditions, you're just you're going to struggle. So even looking at the stats, I think you can just throw them out the window for this game. And even you know the 49ers only able to score ten points. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this isn't like a whoa. Look at the Bears defense; they're going to be lights out this year. This is just a field conditions were terrible. Game should have been postponed. Uh, but the 49ers starting off the year 0-1 already with Trey Lance at quarterback. I don't know how many of those games Trey Lance can have where he can lose and not look over his shoulder for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. I think the coaching staff has done a pretty good job of letting him know, like, hey, you're the dude. But I do wonder when Trey starts to hear it in his ear, if like, oh, you know, if they lose a couple games to start the season, what is going to be the fan reaction? And then what is, you know, Kyle Shanahan and – Kind of like uh, Lynch Tua with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami. You know what I mean? Where you're going to start the game, but <laughs> halftime it's like, hey, actually, we, we, we still need to win this ball game. Jimmy's mm-hmm. in. Yeah, right. Uh, let's move on to the AFC North with the Steelers and Bengals faced off against each other. Uh, I had a pretty wild take last week. I said I didn't like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow comes out and throws four interceptions today against what didn't look like a good Steelers team. I, I just... <sighs> It was crazy the fact that you throw four interceptions and you're still in the game. Yeah. And you're still making just great throws to lead it to overtime. That offensive line still looks bad. They, they spent a lot of money on it. I know that I, we talked about it at one point where I had kind of turned the corner and thought, oh, okay, you've, you've probably fixed your offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's still bad. Now, maybe that's the Steelers' defense just being very good. But you're going to have to face them another time. You're going to have to face some pretty solid defenses in the AFC North. And – in the AFC in general, I, I did think that you know this is kind of what we've been saying about the Bengals. You're able to sneak up on people last year. Mm-hmm. Steelers weren't overlooking them this yeah. year. And even with Mitch Trubisky coming out and, and playing, I didn't think the Steelers looked too bad. And hats off once again to just Mike Tomlin. I, he's so good. 
And that last drive for the Steelers to finally go down and win a field goal, Mel, I don't know if you saw it, but the – how did it go? The Steelers blocked a field goal. So the, the Bengals come down, tie the game, go to kick a game-winning field goal. Minka Fitzpatrick blocks it. Mm-hmm. Boom, you go into overtime. Evan McPherson completely misses the field goal. It was a bad snap. Something happened with the long snapper, so they had to put in Drew Sample. Not good situation. Missed the field goal. All of a sudden, Steelers get the ball. It's like, okay, hey, Steelers are going to win it. They miss the freaking field goal. Doinks it right off the upright. Bengals can't make it happen. They punt. Mitchell Trubisky, that last drive, made two stellar plays where he escaped the pocket, rolled off to his left, delivered a ball uh, right in the middle of the field, and it was like, oh, shoot. Like, okay. Like, Mitchell Trubisky's playing a little looser right now, making some plays. This is great. And as much as that is for the offense and how well the defense played early on, T.J. Watt got injured, and people read his lips and said, and read his lips of him saying, I tore my pet. Yeah. Never want to see that. Which we'll see how long that keeps him out. Say at least six, eight weeks, right? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just don't out of predicament. We're no, we're no medical experts, that's for sure. But he seems like the kind of dude that might just be like, nah, I'll play. <laughs> no, that's a terrible injury. I can't. I don't need this left arm, anyways. <laughs> right? Like I just swipe with it anyway. Put me on the other side. I'm good. I don't know. Uh, and also, I, I believe Najee Harris went down in this game too. I would say for both teams, the Bengals and Steelers, you've got to be better than that. Um, neither I didn't think either team looked good. Uh, the Steelers really struggled on offense, looked good on defense. The Bengals, all the turnovers, and then letting the, the Steelers score 23 points on you. I didn't think that was good either. Um, now with the NFC, the Eagles and the Lions game today, I didn't watch any of it because it's the Eagles and the Lions. Mm-hmm. But I box score reading, it had to be wildly entertaining. 38 to 35. So I noticed it, at, I think it was halftime, and I was like, this game's over. And I just felt so bad for Dan Campbell and the Lions. I was like, God dang it. Like, you're coming in hot off hard knocks, looking solid. The team that can and will exactly. not win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was just like, damn it, I feel bad for him. And the next thing you know, like uh, we're watching, we're waiting for the Chiefs game to come on. We, we had finally landed in Tulsa, driving home, and my buddy's got red zone going on his phone, and he tells me the score. I'm like, holy shit, the Lions came back. And then, like, it came down to the Eagles having to make plays and, you know, kick a, a game-winning field goal, or excuse me, just to, to hold on to the game there at the end. But it was the fact that, like, the Lions fought back. So if you're a Lions mm-hmm. fan, that's exciting. Maybe a little something give to up build and die. Yeah. Eagles have four guys score rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts rushes for 90. Man, it didn't pass the ball very well, 18 of 32, 243. But I think that's part of him is that he's not going to throw the ball at an elite level or sometimes not even at a good level. But he's going to open up things for you on the ground and gets a rushing touchdown. Uh, a lot of people were big on the Eagles last week. A, you know, a lot of us, us included, doing a lot of the pregame preview stuff. And a lot of people were high on the Eagles. I saw a lot of people pick them to win the NFC East. You're not going to be able to play like this in the NFC East. Uh, no. the, the Lions, say what you want about them coming off of Fart Knox. They're still not a good team. And you have a Jared Goff-led offense that scored 35 points on you. You're going to need to improve that if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> as much as everyone's like, man, this is one of the better teams in the NFL on paper, I still don't see it. I mean, I, I'm just going to keep bringing that up. But another thing that you know I'm just not a believer in is Tua. And the Dolphins do beat the Patriots by you know 20 to seven. That's great. You see the clip outs of Tua having a wide open Tyree kill. He plants his foot, drives the ball. 10 yards short, and it just skips mm-hmm. it to Tyreek. And it's just like, I felt like that was just pretty much the whole game 
yeah. or two. I didn't, I didn't see anything where I was just like, damn, this Dolphins team looks terrifying. They I won. Just think the Patriots' offense is that bad. I was going to say that was the big standout for this game is how bad the Patriots' offense looked. And that Patriots' offense was actually pretty decent last year. And then you come out and you only score seven points against the Dolphins. What changed? And also, why is Matt Patricia calling offensive play? I was going to say, that's exactly what changed, is Matt Patricia offensive coordinator. And I questioned it definitely uh, when they hired him, and kind of rumors had come out that like Patricia was going to be the offensive coordinator. And a lot of people were kind of crapping on the Patriots for, oh, they haven't named an offensive coordinator, whatever. They knew all along who their OC was going to be. Mm-hmm. They just didn't want everybody else to know. But the hiring of a defensive guy in the NFL as your offensive coordinator – uh, was very questionable. And then, you know, the reports throughout training camp and the preseason that the Patriots' offense was struggling, and then coming out today, it just looked terrible. Oh, yeah. Did not. Yeah. I said it today uh, watching games, too. Like, I don't know that Matt Patricia survives the year as the offensive coordinator. And I, is Bill Belichick going to fire him? Like, is Bill Belichick that guy that's going to fire a, Or at least takes away, yeah, you know, play-calling duties from Leave him. Leave those duties, maybe, I guess. Mac Jones had a... I guess he injured it back and then went and got x-rays. and nah, He took a shot. I, I missed the play, so if you saw it, please let it me know. It was nasty, and it got called. I don't know if that was the play he hurt his back on, but he took a shot where he got hit by two guys, one low, one high. Hmm. I don't know how he got up from it. <laughs> so like, hearing afterwards that he had to be checked out, it's like, yeah, of course he hurt his back. I mean, there was no protection for him. It was, it was a rough outing for the Patriots. We'll see what happens. But, you know, last year the Patriots still looked pretty good. They, what, they win like nine games or something like that with a rookie at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I actually think Belichick deserves a little more credit for last year and how he did, again, with a rookie at quarterback. This year it looks like they might be a bottom ten team. Like I, They might be drafting in the top ten. And again, it's week once, so, you know, we don't want to overact too much. But at the same time, it's like, it did not look good. It didn't look good in preseason. The reports from training camp were just as bad. And it's just like, yikes. Bad yeah. time to be a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. And let's stick with the AFC East as the Jets take on the Ravens. I thought Lamar Jackson looked pretty good in this game. Uh, I guess the big news for him is that he did not get that contract extension done. And that he's going to play this year uh, on his fifth-year option. And then he's not going to become a free agent. I, I want to kill that narrative before it starts because they will franchise tag him. Oh, without the, a doubt. Like, even if he's pretty bad this year, which he got off to a pretty good start today against the Jets, they're going to franchise tag him and let him have another year where they're paying him not that much money. Yeah. So like this is almost, in my opinion, a win for the Ravens. And the, that not much money <laughs> statement is... $40 million, so it's, like, mm-hmm. great. But when you look at the quarterback market right now, it's just like, yeah. Like, that's we'll pretty good value. And I think it was Albert Breer that tweeted it uh, from the Monday morning quarterback deal that they put out um, that his structure with the contract was the fact that, you know, he's looking for more of the guaranteed aspect with it, and the Ravens didn't necessarily want to do that. And so he's his point of view is, you know, maybe I can just go the Kirk Cousins route where I'll do the franchise tag two years in a row and every bit of money that I get mm-hmm. is guaranteed. And so, you know, whether he does get injured or something happens or he misses practice time or anything like that, they can't take yeah. away money. And if that's his mindset going into it, then, well, honestly, good for you, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, man, he had one hell of a throw. Uh, I honestly, like, not even joking, I didn't know that he could throw the ball 55 yards. <laughs> and he did. 55-yard touchdown to Rashad Bateman looked pretty one, impressive. Uh, 
to Duvernay, not, uh, yeah, yeah, Duvernay, yeah, the Duvernay. receiver from Texas. And it was kind of one of those throws too where it was like, oh, damn, like <laughs> put that, you know, right you know, towards the back of the end zone over the defender or only he could get it. Like, all right, Lamar Jackson still improving as a passer. Absolutely love to see it. Yep, and you know what the Jets, uh, me and Jets fans kind of have our thing. A lot of people thought they were going to be better this year, and I know that their quarterback is out. He's hurt. They did not look good. And Joe Flacco, we'll see how long he can actually be the starter there. I, I believe there were chants for Mike White to come in, which is what a time to be alive when that's what your fan base is chanting. I I was surprised that they didn't look better, but I, it's the Ravens. I, I do think the Ravens are going to be pretty good. Uh, I believe we both picked them to win the AFC North Yep, this year, if I did. remember right. The Commanders and the Jaguars, I didn't watch a second of that game. Oh, man, I can tell you what, though. Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. He just, just when you think he's he's making plays and he's just, you know, turning, just turning a corner, you know what I mean? He's Carson Wentz again. He makes a, just a terrible mistake. But at the same time, it's like, okay, hey, Carson Wentz, bad throw. But maybe it's not a bad throw. It's just like that was a good play by Trayvon Walker and the Jaguars to, like, you know, sniff out the screen and just dip out in front of that and intercept it. Carson Wentz, though, he does end up making a pretty good throw there towards the end for the Commanders to win. Jahad Dotson made some plays. Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. looked good. Uh, the Jaguars, I just, I'll be honest, man. Trevor Lawrence, it just, it's not, he does not look comfortable. And again, it's week one with Doug Peterson, new coach to mm-hmm. offense. I get it. There's some change there. It's but not a time, great offensive line. Yeah, and I just, I'm, I don't know. That. It's just kind of one of those deals where you, is, I want to look at Trevor Lawrence as like just a question mark because we're still unsure of what you are right now. Yeah, and I want it to be good, but it's just like in moments like this, it's like that was a tough throw. Like, why did you make that throw for it to be intercepted and give the ball back to the Commanders? Yeah, and it's weird too, so early because even like Commanders fans maybe even feeling a little confident, but it was the Jaguars. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how good you can feel uh, about that win, but uh, we'll see. Obviously, it's Week One; these are overreactions, but I don't know. I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on who these teams are. I don't think either one of these teams is going to be good this year. <laughs> I will eat my shirt if either one of them makes the playoffs. You're gonna eat your shirt? Not really, because I don't pay up on I was bets. Say, if I'm <laughs> taking a if I'm taking a bite of the face on Kenny Pickup being a pro bowler, you're eating the freaking shirt. <laughs> the scary thing is like the AFC South is terrible. So uh-huh. the Jaguars like could make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And the commanders, the NFC East should be better, but I don't know that it's good. Like, Dak was already having ankle problems. Like, if he gets injured, the Commanders could definitely win the AFC East. Yeah, and, like, with Hurts and the Eagles, it's like, dude, can't make a throw. You know what I mean? Can't make the key throw. Mm-hmm. He can't zip it down the field. And that it's not going to be the Giants. Playoffs, but. So, I, I know that we're going to talk about the Giants. They're not going to win. Um, but let's go on to the next game, the Browns and Panthers. I, I thought for sure the Panthers would win this game. Oh, I like, yeah. This would have been, like, my lock of the week. Like, who do you know is going to win? And, like, those survivor leagues. I had two locks of the week last week in my mind. Carolina winning the football game and Texas and Alabama hitting the over at, like, 64 and a half. Mm-hmm. I was wrong on both of them. And that's the, that's the great thing about sports is it doesn't matter how much football you watch, how much of an, an expert you are or you think that you are, you can, you're just going to be wrong sometimes. Yeah. Like more often than not, I was even thinking about bets this weekend um, with you know us being close to Kansas now. It's like I've got some money in my bet MGM account, and it makes me feel like a little bit confident. But then mm. I just started thinking about like all the money that I've actually lost. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I've guaranteed I've lost more than I've won, and even though I've why... got like a couple hundred bucks sitting in that account. 
it's like, but I know that I've poured more into it than I yeah. have taken out of That's it. That's why I only do my 5 and $10 bets. <laughs> like, I took my $25 free bet play, and I was just like, let's get crazy with this thing. Could have won $2,800. Fucking missed Let's a lot. get crazy. <laughs> $5. Never know. I don't, I don't like gambling. No, I honestly I don't either because it's just so damn stressful. It's so addictive too. Like you hear those one eight hundred gambler stuff. Yeah. Like who would do that? A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people would. Like even during the Texas game, I was there were parts of me that was just like, hey, you know, if this was if I could live bet in Texas right now, I probably would. Because there's mm-hmm. certain points in the game, my confidence was starting to get like was just starting to rise with Texas still being in that game and Alabama not just taking over. I was like, oh, I'll bet some money here. Yeah, uh, back to the Panthers and Browns, though. Yes. Um, I don't know how the Browns won this game. Uh, they they just ride Nick Chubb for 141 yards on the ground, but then they let Kareem Hunt score all the touchdowns today. He had one rushing and one receiving. Baker Mayfield, I, I thought we were going to get a revenge season. I was looking for 400 yards, five like, touchdowns. Yeah, at least a revenge game. Off. Yes. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey was healthy all day. Hand clap to him. Uh, I didn't think that would happen either. And he even broke off for a, a nice little run there. Uh, or I think it was a catch, Yeah, actually. But still, like being able to have him out of the backfield, and you can't beat the Browns with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, that's a bad sign. And There were a couple plays, though, from the defensive side of the ball that was kind of like some cheap calls that allowed the Browns to kind of keep extending their drive there towards the end. And the only thing they were able to do with it was get a field goal. But this was another one of those games that I was watching right down to the wire where it was the Browns and Panthers and then the Steelers and uh, Bengals game where, like, there was a blocked field goal. Like, they were just having, like, back-to-back. And it was just like, holy shit, like, I've not seen a blocked field goal in the NFL. And, you know, that's just, it's rare. And it's like, boom, we had two of them. And then you go into overtime. The Browns and Bengals didn't know because they hit the game winner. Cody York, or Cade York, excuse me, what was it, a 58-yard or – yeah, 58-yard field goal. Dude had plenty of room for, like, another 10 yards. He just absolutely booted that son of a bitch and, like, just won in the game. Like, and that was it. I was like, well, psh, sorry, If you're Baker. a Panthers fan, you almost have to – you probably already are. Like, firematrules.com should probably be a website. <laughs> Feels like it's getting closer and closer. Somebody's and, at least got the domain. They just haven't, like, put anything on the site yet. And that's the other thing that's so great about sports is you're going to hire a coach and you're like, this is a guy that's going to be the difference. He's ready for this level. He's coming from college, coming to the NFL. He's done stellar at Baylor. He's going to do stellar here. It is a website. Is it really? It is a website. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, it's com. I don't know who runs it. There's content up there, though. When was the last time something was posted on it? I don't know. Are there dates? Can't find a date. Just firematrule.com, huh? Yep. It's on there. So... Check it out if you want to. Um, we talked a little bit about, uh, let's talk about the AFC South. The Colts and the Texans tied, which is just stupid that there are even ties in football. Like, go to a sudden death field goal or something. Yeah. It just bothers me. In week one, when you tie. And I was thinking about this on the flight today. It's never like a good, exciting game when people tie. It's always just like, this team kind of played like crap. And that team kind of played like crap, so neither one of us gets to win. It, the final score is 20 to 20. The Colts come back in the fourth quarter. But it's never like, oh man, like 35 35, and you're both tied. You played great on offense. It's always these little just shitty games, like 17 to 17, 20 to 20. 
I, you're exactly right. And that's the thing, too. Like you just brought up the, the Colts. Matt Ryan did not look good today. No, he did not. It was just like, dude, what the hell is going on? Like, And then Jonathan Taylor, you legitimately just picking the team and putting him He's on. He's going to have to carry them once again. Yes. And 160 yards and a touchdown. Today. And he absolutely did today. And I think he's the reason that Michael Pittman Jr. had a couple good plays as well. That's nice. I'm rooting for him to have a successful season and kind of mm-hmm. just keep blowing up. He had, he looked fine, but it was like, man, with Matt Ryan, you're going to have to get comfortable because that's a good offensive line. You do have weapons. You do have Jonathan Taylor and a running back, and you do have a decent defense. You can't be making mistakes, and you They're can't for, be looking sloppy. There for a minute, I thought the Texans might like have something. Like They were looking pretty good, and I thought, mm-hmm. okay, like – Good on you, Davis Mills. Maybe he's something. He he actually played, I thought, pretty well. Uh, I was surprised that there was so much love for Damian Pierce, and he didn't do anything today. Yeah. Which, it's week one, so maybe he'll still get it going. Um, but that game ends in a tie. I absolutely – I just hate it. I can't deal with ties in the NFL. There, there needs to be something. And honestly, like, that, what they should do – here's my idea – they should move the extra point attempts back to the like two yard line or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if a game ends in overtime, you want to make the kickers more important. Now you're going to have a kickoff. kickoff. Yeah. yeah, where a field goal off or whatever. Yeah, move started as like a forty seven yarder, move back three yards at a time or something. Yeah, move but, across the hashes and move back. Yeah, play a quick game of pig or something like I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, really, like you get five kicks from fifty yards out. Whoever makes the most. You win the game. Absolutely. But ending games in a tie is just such bullshit. This is a professional league. There's so much money on the line for gambling that, like, no one wins in that. And But congrats to Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans because you didn't lose week one. Mm-hmm. You just um, That's a moral victory. Now moving on to the Giants and Titans game. I I'll be honest, I com- completely missed this game. And so I, me, I said that down year for the Titans. I thought Ryan Tannehill was going to be pretty bad. I did not expect lose to the Giants bad for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry, 21 carries, only 82 yards. But here's the stat of the night. Saquon Barkley rushed for 164 yards. He is back. And I know that a lot of people, I think both of us even put him on our do not draft list. Uh I would absolutely love to see Saquon be back. It, oh, I mean, you've been so high on Barkley before. I mean, your story mm-hmm. on like you doing podcasting is because of Saquon Barkley. Yeah. That's what My got guy. you rolling into it. And it's just like keep shitting on him, dude. It's working. Like the we tried to do it for the NBA playoffs, right? You're doing it for Saquon Barkley. And the the balls on Brian Dable to go mm-hmm. for two to win this game. Uh, I am also a big Brian Dable fan. I did see one clip from this game where. Brian Dable goes over to Daniel Jones and asks him a question of, like, what were you doing with this throw? And you see Daniel Jones go back shoulder. Brian Dable then just explodes. I mean, just <laughs> erupts on him. And Daniel Jones just looked at him like, fuck, I have made a mistake. Yeah, Mr. Turnover, Daniel Jones. I know. I don't know how I feel about it with Brian Dable doing that as the head coach, as an offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach. It's more of, like, understanding. But as the head coach, you go over there and just chew his ass out. It's kind of like, whew. <laughs> Yikers. This isn't yeah. this isn't Josh Allen. You're not gonna get that type of talent or a guy who's just gonna sling it in there. One interception, one fumble lost from Daniel Jones. He had a fumble. Shocker. Mm-hmm. That's he, that's what he does. People will look at him and be like, Oh, he only threw one interception. That's not too bad. Two turnovers is twice as much as one turnover though. Still Danny turnovers. And how about this game? Couple more. 
the Vikings and the Packers. The Vikings were a team that I, I think are kind of a sleeper team, I and a lot of people kind of had them. If as they a can stay healthy, they should be good. And today they beat the Green Bay Packers, and I'm just impressed. Just for them to come out and do this. But uh, again, traveling today, watching a lot of these games, even told our buddy Cole, it's like the Packers did this last year too, though. Yeah, against the Where they came out and they looked like shit. And even like on the drive, I was saying like Rodgers is going to retire like halfway through the season. Not really, but like after the season, he's going to pull some bullshit of like, I just don't know. He got his ass kicked today uh, through an interception. Even Jordan Love got some play time. And it just it didn't look good. And the receivers, your guy Christian Watson had a big time drop that should have been a touchdown. Big yikes play. Yep. And I understand the frustration there, but then also I just Aaron Rodgers getting just beat up, four sacks and interception. And I didn't think that he looked bad, but it looked like his supporting cast was not the usual supporting cast from the offensive line to the receivers. Nobody was making plays at all. And I don't know if they've all just agreed on the mindset of like, hey, uh, we're just going to take week one off as a team and we'll be fine because it's worked out for them last year. One of those little rusty uh, preseason teams. Yeah. The Vikings, though, looked very good. And to get a win in your division is always key. Kirk Cousins looked great today. Uh, also, a lot of help from Justin Jefferson, who went off for nine catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook added 90 on the ground. 20 this, rushing attempts. This Love game wasn't that. as close as the score, and it was 23-7. to seven. Yep. So, uh, I'm sure that Green Bay will fix it, but I kind of root for them not to. Sorry to all of our Packers fans. <laughs> I just don't like Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to talk about that one later. The Chargers and the Raiders... Uh, Chargers win that one 24-19. I didn't get to see uh, much of that one either. I did see Devontae Adams went off. Derek Carr struggled for a little bit, but uh, the Chargers coming out with a win. Justin Herbert still looks like he's a top-five quarterback in the league. He made some great throws, too, at the beginning of that game because I was able to watch it, uh, and then I finally got home, and I was like, all right, my focus is on the Chiefs game here. I don't care about watching the Raiders right now, but I did want to focus on the Chargers because, I mean, short week for them as they play Kansas City on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But the thing is I do have some buddies that are Raiders fans, and they just – one of them made a comment. It was just like, you know, I, I'm i mad at myself that I thought Derek Carr would be good this year. And then I have another buddy on Twitter. He's like, oh, look, another year, another year of Derek Carr sucking. <laughs> it's just like, damn, the poor Raiders. Just when you think you're heading in the right direction, just the one constant that's there. The crazy back. thing about it, though, even though, like – Raiders fans themselves are kind of shitting on Derek Carr. This might be the best team that you have to play all year in the Chargers. Well, besides from the rest of your division. I know, but the Chargers could very well be the best team in the NFL. 100%. Yep, absolutely. And so, like, a lot of people already kind of crapping on Derek Carr. Like, oh, he sucks. We're not going to win any games with him. This could be the best team in the NFL. And that defense for the Chargers is good. And it's Mm -hmm. going to be very good. So, it's just weird. I don't know, to to hate on your own quarterback, who I think is a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, I, did. I Personally, I didn't think he did bad. I just think it's funny that fans were already just shitting on him. Mm-hmm. It's week one. Give it three weeks, and you're like, I love Derek Carr. Yeah. Who, Khalil Mack was just a beast today. Uh-huh. Derwin James also. like just, That's a very good defense. So <laughs> if you're a Raiders fan and you hate Derek Carr, maybe pump the brakes. Because it, it is probably going to take a little bit of timing 
to to figure out this offense with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and, and how it's going to look, some new pieces on the offensive line. But, I mean, the game was not close, and then the Raiders fought back in the second half. So I don't think it's all bad for the Raiders. It's Yeah, you want to win. You don't want to give up any wins to the Chargers, but I didn't think it looked too terrible for them. Yeah. And I uh, want to talk about the Thursday night game because we haven't got the chance to recap it yet. The Bills and the Rams, and holy shit, do the Bills look good. Uh, absolutely terrified. I mean, Josh Allen was playing on another level. Stephon Diggs it was an absolute stud. I don't know that, just based off of their first game, I don't know that they have a weakness. Because even in situations where they needed to run the football, they, they did. Like, Josh Allen can do it. Yeah, the stiff arming dudes in the dirt, throwing touchdowns, diving <laughs> for touchdowns, and even you know blocking uh, Aaron Donald. I thought they did a pretty solid job on that one too. Yep. And I mean, they just they really put the Bills or sorry, they put the Rams away. The Rams couldn't do anything. Matt Stafford looked pretty bad on Thursday night. He just didn't look comfortable, and like that was the thing with the Rams. He was like Cooper Cup had a tremendous game, you know, over mm-hmm. ten receptions, nearly 130 yards and a touchdown. I was like, well, Cooper Cup's still going to be Cooper Cup. That's great. Yeah. Allen Robinson, who I thought would be more of an impact, didn't do jack diddly shit. Even in the route tree. I saw someone making fun of him on Friday or Saturday. It was like, oh, like Allen Robinson's going to be a huge part of the route tree. You know what I mean? He's just going to be able to be this next piece for the offense and look out. Dude hardly did anything. There's just several mm-hmm. clip-outs where they snapped the ball, and it's just like he has forgotten what he needed to go do. And maybe that's just kind of part of getting him incorporated into the offense here. But this guy's an NFL veteran. He should know playbooks and should be catching on mm-hmm. much sooner and easier than he has. And even like a lot of the yards and the catches for even Cooper Cup, it was kind of in garbage time. Mm-hmm. To where I, I think it was in the probably those last two drives, he probably had three or four catches. I'm also I'm a huge Cooper Cup guy, uh, but I'm just saying the Bills did a wonderful job. And you know we were even talking to another one of our buddies before the game. It's like, oh, we'll see how the Bills do without um, Trey White out mm-hmm. there. Well, um, good. Just fine. Forgot he wasn't even playing, to be completely honest. Right, they're playing. They're starting like some sixth rounder. <laughs> and then also Kyir Elam, who was a first rounder, they played just fine. So the, the Bills look scary. And we spent a lot of time talking about them uh, the last show. It just It's kind of one of those things where it, just, it almost it feels good to be right. <laughs> 100%. You know, and even going into Thursday, it's like this could be a Super Bowl preview. Yep, and I hope not because that was an ass kicking. <laughs> it's going to be a blowout again. And then the game that I, we forgot to mention: our Kansas City Chiefs. They're good. They looked really, really good today. I came into this game there. I, I've come into the year just nervous, like oh, I just I don't know how they're going to look. Da 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 da. And then I think it was Jim Nance that pointed it out uh, from their production meeting the night before that you know the broadcasters do with the team, and it was like you know they asked Patrick Mahomes like, hey. Why do you think those receivers and you have gotten so comfortable? And it's like, well, you got to think. Like, Valdez Scantling came from Aaron Rodgers. Juju Smith-Schuster came from Ben Roethlisberger. They've already been kind of groomed by the quarterback. They've already mm-hmm. been kind of taught, you know, these little tricks to help you find openings or make plays and just have things happen. And so it just makes it easier for Mahomes to come in with new guys on the team and make plays. And then there were just a couple throws with McCall Harbin that he was just a little long on where you're probably used to that extra gear speed from Tyreek Hill. So you're just going to need to take about a yard off your throws. Boom, McCall Harbin's going to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to hit those deep shots because I missed on two of them today. But the fact that you missed on two deep shots and Patrick Mahomes still ends up with five touchdowns, nine incompletions, almost 400 yards. I know I'm just yeah, 30 reading the box stats here. 
he looked just stellar. Just, again, making plays outside of the pocket when he needed to. He's dealing with the wrist injury, which I'm a little concerned about because he took a couple shots on it. I don't it's know at least his left. Yeah. Somewhere. But he can't even, like, buckle his chin strap. He had to have, like, Orlando Brown Jr. do before they went out onto the field. It's just like, hopefully that doesn't carry over into the next game or, you know, be one of those nagging deals throughout the season because you do want Mahomes to be yeah, healthy. Yeah, it didn't seem to bother him today, though. Oh, <laughs> so my God. Okay. Clearly not. But again, just... obviously two very biased. Not very biased. Two big Chiefs fans. I was very impressed by them today. And even the Cardinals... This was another game that wasn't as close as the score, and the score mm-hmm. was bad, 44-21. to 21. I mean, those Cardinals 14, scored twice in the fourth quarter when it just didn't matter anymore. When, like, what, seven minutes left? It just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the Chiefs, I felt like Andy Reid kind of got back to, like, screw it, I, I don't care how many touches this guy gets or how many rushing attempts we have. Yep. We're just going to throw the ball. Like, if it's working, we're going to keep doing it. Speaking of the rushing attempts, Isaiah Pacheco, Ended up with 12. A lot of them came at garbage yeah, time. Junk. But he was still going against that number one defense of the Cardinals. Dude looked great. Mm-hmm. Like, And I, I know great's a big word there, but the cuts that he was making at the line of scrimmage and then exploding through the hole and then getting to the next level and breaking a tackle, or it just looked Kareem, Kareem Hunt-esque in a way of like, how in the world did he get through that? There he goes. And he's still fighting for yards. I was like, holy crap. That could be a lot of fun. McKin- McKinnon looked good as well. So did Clyde edwards hilarious. Just the Chiefs were clicking on all cylinders. Loved it. And for the Cardinals, I did not think Kyler Murray looked good today. He did not look like a quarterback that deserved the contract that he got. That's for nope. sure. He didn't. And I, I will admit I'm a little biased against him. Not his biggest fan. But um, I even, like, again, having conversations watching this game on, a, on traveling is like, is this the Chiefs defense being really good or are the Cardinals just not good right now? Because the Cardinals usually start out good. Yeah. They didn't today. Jeez, like, I know Mahomes is very good. Giving up 44 points in the NFL, that's tough to do. Yeah, that's never good. <laughs> with not a good sign at all. Yeah, with the parity that you have of like, hey, if you're bad, we're going to give you better draft picks. It's just you don't see that very often in the, in the NFL. And, of course, uh, tonight we have the Buccaneers versus the Cowboys. Um I'm just what we've watched so far. Pretty impressed by the Cowboys' defense. Yeah, and, getting after Tom Brady. And I'm a little uh, upset with the Cowboys' offense. You're doing nothing, and Dak does not look good. No, I, I know we've only seen, we've only been able to watch a half of the football as we've been doing the show. But phew. no, neither quarterback has looked good. How do you think the second half of this game is going to go? So this is where we kind of get into the old blind prediction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming Dak comes out of halftime just absolutely pissed off. Throws for, you know, 200 yards and a couple tutties, and the Cowboys win this game in a close one. I tell you, I did not expect the Buccaneers to have to rely so heavily on Leonard Fournette in the second half. But it looks like Brady, I'm not saying that he's getting defeated by time. I think it's Giselle that's going to catch up to him eventually. (laughs) This is not Tom Brady aging. Uh, I think Homeboy is dealing with a lot right now, and it has definitely showed up. In this game, uh, let's also make some predictions. Uh, who do you think wins this game? Cowboys. Buccaneers, Cowboys. I'm, I'm going to take Cowboys. They're right there at the end, two-minute drill. They finally march down the field. Boom. CeeDee Lamb, can't believe he made that catch right there in the back corner of the end zone. Zeke, you know, big rushing, uh, big rush that got him up there for the throw. Dak, welcome to it, brother. This is your moment. You get the redemption here from the Buccaneers from last year. I'm going to say that this ends up being a pretty boring football game. And I do think that Leonard Fournette is like the difference maker 
because it seems like the Cowboys are getting a pretty good pass rush. I, I don't think that it's going to be like exciting. It's 12-3 to 3 headed into halftime. I think that the score ends up being, let's see, what can they even do? I don't want to say 21 because that's boring. That's like three more field goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be like 19-14. to 14. <laughs> Not 14. Can't, 19-17, Bucks win. That's my prediction. And then Monday Night Football tomorrow, the Broncos at Seahawks. I'll tell you, I'm not even excited about that game. I, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you as well. I don't think I'm going to watch it. It's just like I'll keep an eye on it, but I'm not just going to be like sitting down. The Broncos are taking my time to watch. Going to that. win, but I don't know that there's anything they can do to be like to like really win. Because even if they win by a lot, it's like yeah, you should have. Mm-hmm. If they win a close game, it'll be like why? Why I are you playing see close with the Seahawks? Every single one of their star players makes star plays. I want Corlin Sutton with a big play. I want Jerry Judy with a big play. I want Russell Wilson dropping it in the breadbasket. Javante Williams with a big rush. And that defense for the Broncos, multiple turnovers. Mm-hmm. The Seattle should not have a single chance in this ballgame. I'll tell you one thing that I will be watching for tomorrow, and that is the deals at Roper Kia. Hop online, check out their inventory. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. Even if you think you already have the car of your dreams, they'll upgrade it for you. I've mm-hmm. seen it multiple times at Roper <laughs> Kia. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure you visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. That was me taking a drink. <laughs> I was like, that one came across. <laughs> yep, that was the old straw. <laughs> you, gave that, you gave me that look like, did you hear that? And I was like, sure. <laughs> the old clown juice. Right there. I don't know if that one's coming through or not. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain, traveling today. Thought I would go to our local burger spot and have time to like grab it and then get here to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. And apparently it takes um, 25 minutes to go through a drive through that has two or three cars in front of you. But I got here. I'm on time. Just some homemade burgers, dog. <laughs> was able to eat it, but also had to bring my drink with me. Let's talk college football now. After 45 minutes of the NFL, I did think that it was a really good college football weekend because of a lot of upsets. I think the biggest one being Nebraska, and that results in the firing of Scott Frost. This is something that probably should have happened a couple years ago, but we have the benefit of hindsight now. It does suck because I I wanted Scott Frost to lead Nebraska back but you can't lose to who was like georgia southern yeah who had like over 600 total yards of offense yeah it just not a good showing there and that's a tough decision to make like even if you're the higher ups at nebraska to be like to bring your guy home and then still have him suck so bad yeah it's it's rough i i kind of feel bad for nebraska i feel bad for scott frost he was a good coach. I mean, he led yeah. UFC to a national championship, <laughs> allegedly. So just a, a rough outing for them. I, I do feel bad. I don't feel too bad because Scott Frost still going to get paid a lot of money. $15 but million. Dollars. Georgia Southern going into Lincoln and getting a win. I, I think there would have been riots in the streets. Very nice and polite riots in Lincoln, but there would have been if they didn't fire him. But um, I think they made the right move. It, it does suck, but... Um, that it is what it is. And now Nebraska going to be kind of in the driver's seat um, for the next head coach. 
Obviously, it's like week three for them. Is it going to be uh, Matt Rule? Does he get fired by the Panthers and go back to college and boom, I'll end up yeah. in Nebraska corner? And I do wonder what kind of coach Nebraska can grab. There's so much money in the Big Ten. And I think they should be able to be competitive with like Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota. Yeah. But I've already seen reports of uh, the KU coach who's doing a one hell of a job that maybe he's a guy that would they would go after. I mean, Kansas is one of the Big 12 right now, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Nebraska and what will happen with Scott Frost. Uh, but let's also talk about the game that we were at. I said many times Texas didn't have a chance mm-hmm. to win this game. And while I was correct, I think I was also wrong because they definitely had a chance to beat Alabama. And it was it was really exciting to be there. Again, I went in with, I don't even know if you can call it low expectations, because I did not think that Texas would even be in this game. And I think even at the end of the first quarter, I don't remember what the score was, but just telling you know other people around me, like it was like ten to three, like yeah. ten to three. I didn't think this would be a close game, yep, at all. Like, and I think Alabama had only had one big rushing attempt that got them the touchdown, yes. if I remember correctly. Had some adult beverages, but also the sun was blistering. Oh my god, it was brutal. But yeah, I was at the end of the first quarter was ten to three, and yeah. then Texas scored early in the second quarter, and they mm-hmm. went into halftime ten ten. Went into halftime tied. So I was like, okay. And honestly, they should have went in with a lead. But uh, was Will it a Anderson blocked, field blocked goal? a field It was Will Anderson that mm-hmm. blocked it. And they just like never showed any recognition for it because it was just like, how the fuck did he miss he, a field Will goal? Will Anderson close? had a, like a really good game, like had a big sack, had a, the blocked field goal, had a couple penalties for just like lining up offsides and mm-hmm. I think a late hit even. Uh, so like had a really good game, also kind of had a bad game. Like made yeah. some really dumb mistakes i was impressed with how texas was playing though and i the only thing that i even tweeted about this game is alabama could not beat texas if texas had a healthy starting quarterback and that's what i mean even if hudson card was healthy i felt like because he hurt his ankle or something i hate to talk poorly about college players he is dog shit as a quarterback (laughs) He's, I just I'm so done with him and he's going to be the starter for the next like 6 weeks. 100% because it was the same the, what happened in he's that game so in that bad. second half is the same thing that happened last year against Arkansas that led him to get fucking benched. He mm-hmm. misses the freaking wide open deep shots. Where like Sarkeesian calls up the perfect play yeah, and the and opening is an interception. There, and the ball just floats through the air and you're just like, "Oh my god, here we uh-huh. go." Fucking can't even get to it. It's like, "Dude, what the hell?" Yeah. And, and then Quinn Ewers, "Oh my god." Freaking yeah. In love with the kid. I mean, with, just stellar well, with Hudson play. Card, you can tell that the coaching staff doesn't trust him mm-hmm. at all to even call the big plays. And then when he does get the chance, it just wasn't good. I was also very impressed with Quinn Ewers, uh, who went down and what, he sprained like his sternum or something like that. Yeah, it was it's crazy. Uh, He's going to be out for like six weeks. But he played incredibly well while he was in there. Went 9 of 12 for 134 yards. And Alabama is the better team. Mm-hmm. They're going to win that game nine times out of ten. I do believe, and I, this is just putting some bias aside, I do believe Texas would have won that game if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt. I completely agree. Now, I've never been to a college game. This was my first Texas game I've ever been to. Was it really? For real, yeah. Well, and so um, was very excited to go. Loved the atmosphere. It was so loud, too. Like, the fan base was like – 
just incredible. Again, first kind of college game, like Texas game I've been to. But I remember like going to LSU, and it, it felt like it was loud, but it didn't feel like it was that loud. But at the same time, it's saying that like it does not compare to Arrowhead, which I think is just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. But still with this game, it was like you could tell that Alabama seemed a little rattled with it because Texas was getting after Bryce Young. I was very impressed with the defense and the way that they just kept getting after him and then the way that they were playing their receivers as well. It was like they weren't. Texas wasn't scared of Alabama in this game, and I right. thought that was probably the one thing to be the most proud of. And I know Texas is a blue blood program, and you never want to walk away with those moral victories. But I do think this is one where you can look at it and go, "Hey, we can play anybody right now, and we can beat them." Now, granted, yeah, it's going to be tough that you don't have that you don't have Quinn Ewers, but like Bijan Robinson, dude, still earned every bit of respect that he's been given and hype that he's received this offseason. Xavier Worthy had some incredible plays as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just like Texas is heading in the right direction, and I don't want to like just be a biased fan here, but like I'm excited for the future, and I do think it's kind of one of those deals where you look at it. If Quinn Ewers doesn't go down, I do think the the saying Texas is back would be valid because they would have beaten Alabama. Oh, I was going to tweet it, but of course, if they just win like almost any game, I'll tweet yeah. it. That's and, not like something I. Reserve for like oh a special occasion big win <laughs> like, I'll, if they beat Kansas this year I'm going to tweet it yeah, that's a shit yeah. <laughs> if they beat Kansas this year I'll tweet Texas is back is but Jay they did Daniels, play well. is that Kansas quarterback he made some hell of a, he made some great mm-hmm. plays this weekend yeah he's a little athlete and, you know with Bryce Young I did think that he played really well also because he did not have a lot of support like the offensive line at Alabama didn't play mm-hmm. well. The receivers weren't like out there making plays for him, uh, but he was able to move around and improvise a lot. I Bryce Young, he won the game for Alabama. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> that sack that he escaped out of and then rushes for the first. That would have been the ball game like, if he gets oh. sacked there. The game is over. Yep, but he didn't. He escaped and from it. The thing that it reminded me of Joe Burrow doing the same thing to Chris Jones in the Kansas City Chiefs last year in the AFC Championship game. Where, like, I watched it happen, and that was the first thing that came to my mind, and I was just like, fuck, they've lost. I thought you were going to say, like, me back in my high school days. Oh, that as well, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I would have got sacked. That reminded me of Quinn Ewers getting smashed into the turf, but you would get up, and Quinn just laid there with his fucking shoulder out of play, or clavicle out of play. Gosh, that, I even tried to tell myself when he got hurt, of like, it's okay. Like, he probably just got the wind knocked out of him. Yeah, when I saw the replay, I told everyone, I was like, that's a broken collarbone. Like, that sucker's smashed. Yeah, it looked rough, but I was uh, I was proud of our Texas Longhorns. Yep. Alabama still very good. They're going to fall a little bit in the in the rankings, but it doesn't matter. Win the SEC and you're in the playoff, so mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't really matter. And for Texas fans, if there are any of them out there like us, this game doesn't count at all against the conference standings. You can go still win the Big Twelve, and if you do, you might find your way into the college football playoff. Yep. Uh, Baylor lost. This weekend to BYU. That was a team that we were both kind of down on. Uh, BYU ends up beating them. That's a top-ranked team. They were yeah, number nine. That's a so, conference game in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a, maybe a little bit of a rivalry. Baylor versus <laughs> yeah. BYU. Who knows? Uh, and then keeping uh, what was a pretty good Texas weekend, Texas A&M loses to App State. I believe I saw they ended up paying App State about $1.25 million to come in <laughs> yeah. and play. And then App State does what they do, upsets these top 10 ranked teams and I am, at home. I am so proud of myself because I took App State plus 18 on this game. Because plus Texas, 18? Plus 18. Because Texas A&M only beat Sam Houston by like 30 points. It was like 30 to 10. And I was just like, you should be scoring a lot more than 30 points on a 
very low-level program like that. And mm-hmm. App State almost beat North Carolina the week before. Right. You know they're going to have some vengeance coming into this game. I didn't think they were going to win, but the fact that they did mm-hmm. was just like made it right. so exciting. Yep, and that's you know I tweeted it Saturday evening that I Texas A and M is always one of those teams mm-hmm. that gets overrated and overhyped. And I know like even somebody replied like, "Yeah, you forgot Texas. Texas does too." But Texas A and M, like we, they're ranked number six in the nation. They lost a million guys to the NFL. You're bringing in a quarterback that still has a lot of question marks around him. So I just never understood why they were ranked in the top ten. If they were a top twenty ranked team, I, I think that was maybe a little more accurate. Hell, they might just fall completely out of the top twenty-five. Uh, I haven't looked tonight, but I, I thought that was a very impressive win for App State. And to watch the people in Boone, North Carolina, just go bonkers. Like, just running down wonderful. the street. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Did you see that clip? Yeah, and the fact that that game was not in Boone, North Carolina. <laughs> no. That is I like just, the, find, kept, the clock hit zero, and then everybody floods the streets. I kept wondering, like, where are they running from? Like, were they running right. from campus? Like, it I was have just, no idea. It was like, okay, you're looking one way, and all of a sudden the camera pans over to the other side, and there's another herd of students. I was like, do you guys just, like, plan this shit? And speaking of that, the amount, I don't know if you noticed it, Mo, the amount of security that was surrounding the student section at that Texas game, because oh, yeah. they knew this, the field was going to get stormed. The, right there towards the end of the fourth quarter, there were so many neon jackets yep. just everywhere, even at the excess, where it was just like. The guys that were sitting behind me were younger. I don't think they were students. And it was like, hey, like, like if. If it happens, we're going on the field. It's like you bet your ass you're going on the field. Like I'm not, because that's a long ways down there. But like, <laughs> I you had buddies to get down there. <laughs> I had buddies that left with like four minutes left to go down there. They tried to convince me. I was like, I am not missing the rest of the part of this game and not being able to watch it because I'm trying to get yep. to the field. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here. If you guys make it, go have some fun. Just live. You know what I mean? I'll live through you in that moment. College stadiums are so nice from the outside. It's a lot like Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. To me, to where it's like, it, this is shit once you get in here. Oh, uh, I didn't know they had an escalator on the way up, and thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> they have escalators that are inside and air-conditioned and, like, just little courtiers just, like, all the way up. And yeah. you just, like, zigzag your way up Not instead of, like, down, walking though. it. Going down, yeah, it was a different story. Could have taken the escalator, and I tried to get my buddies like, hey, let's just, like, chill out in the AC. Do they do it for down. the – I didn't think they even ran them for, like, the afterwards. Oh, did you have to just walk down them? Uh-huh. Oh, oh I don't know. Been... I just I don't even know if they're open. Yeah, they were. You had like we had the choice of like hit the escalators or take the the walkway, and we ended uh-huh. up taking the walkway because we thought it'd be faster. Sheesh. That was a lie. Nope, it is. It was. I was so fucking there. hot too, though. But back to these other games because as much as I took App State to cover plus eighteen, I took Notre Dame to win by twenty four and a half. Did you? What <laughs> the fuck happened? Yes. Oh, uh, Notre Dame. I I like Marcus Freeman. <laughs> Notre Dame is 0-2. <laughs> That's a rough And I know start. you lost to Ohio State, but now that you you're 0-2. You with Ohio State. That was mm-hmm. the thing. That's, that is tough. And uh, I'm a huge fan of the Thundering Herd, but you cannot lose that game. <laughs> no, not in Notre Dame. Yeah, right. That's just that's another one that's kind of embarrassing. They were on my um, overrated tweet. Um, I think that they just get a little bit overrated because the Gold Domes. Sometimes they live up to it, and again, you can be good and overrated. Those things are not mutually exclusive. So I think that Notre Dame is really good, but sometimes gets a little bit of a bump because 
who they are because of Rudy and the touchdown Jesus and things like that. And that's fine. But that, that's rough because I liked Marcus Freeman. I still do like him. But to start out 0-2 is tough to come back from. Yeah. Like, how much of a leash do they give him here? It is a lot. Again, okay. Yeah, a lot. Notre Dame is not one of those programs that will hire and fire quickly, I don't think. But I, he's got to get it turned around, obviously. Uh, speaking of coaches and the records, I saw this stat. Who was the coach before Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M? Um, Kevin Sumlin? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Jimbo Fisher's record, I think, is like 35. and f- I, I don't know. Whatever the records mm-hmm. are for their first amount of games that they have are almost identical right now. Yeah. And it's just like. Well, even last year, a lot of people you know, hyped up A&M mm-hmm. because they beat Alabama, which is great. It's impressive. You still won like eight games, though. Yeah. So it's like, and that's another reason why they get overrated as well. And, you know, another program that I love, Wisconsin. They're another team that gets overrated because it's like, ah, you're usually pretty good. Yeah. Let's put a number in front of your name because we think you'll, again, win eight games. Will you remind me of the running back's name? Um, yes. But you mm-hmm. asked me, so I can't think of it. Stud. Yeah. Watching him run. And, like, Wisconsin's quarterback, you're usually not known for having one of those. Graham Mertz. Pretty much lost him the game. He's been so bad. And he was supposed to be the, the guy that led Wisconsin, like, over the hill. Like, okay, we've got a quarterback now. Braylon Allen, their running yes. back, though, he is a, he's a grown man who's, like, 19 <laughs> years old. But, you know, Wisconsin, you can't lose to Washington State at home. Like, yeah. Madison is supposed to be a great place to play, and it is. It didn't look good, and they lose it. Also, um, uh, the last college football game that I want to talk about tonight uh, is the Florida game because I had kind of dubbed Florida good, and I thought Anthony Richardson kind of had himself a little bit of a Heisman moment against Utah. Then he comes out, and he looked bad against Kentucky. (laughs) And even watching that game, I was excited to watch Anthony Richardson and Will Levis of Kentucky, and they both played very badly. These are two guys that are first-round type prospects right now. They barely throw for 200 yards. Will Levis throw for 202 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That Florida defense looked like it was just too much for him. And the same on the other side of the ball. I praised Anthony Richardson. Again, said he had a Heisman moment potentially. Comes out, throws two interceptions. One of them was just god-awful bad. <laughs> you threw it directly to a Kentucky Wildcat. Yeah, what happened to the fake throw? You just yeah. keep doing that. Yeah, I saw it. Actually, I don't remember who it was, but it was a live tweet. It was like, you should have done the jump pump fake 360, and then you don't throw that interception. <laughs> yeah. It's like, or just do any one of those. Pump fake, run it, spin move, whatever. Just don't throw it directly to a guy who's five yards in front of you and let him take it to the house. So Florida, I thought that, you know, based off last week beating Utah the way they did, I thought they were a team that could go and compete for an SEC championship even, and I was wrong. And that's another thing that is just great about sports is that you see a team one week and they look like they're going to be really good. The next week they come out and they look terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Which is Uh, another reason why sports betting is just impossible. Without a doubt. I mean, another one that I lost was um, Ohio State not covering against Arkansas State. I mean, the Sun Belt, you call them the Fun Belt, they came to play this weekend. Yeah, That's going to be bet against every single one of them except for App State. I saw your bet slip, and I that was actually the one that I questioned. Because 
And so many of those were, yeah, yeah, uh, the Arkansas State. Oh yeah, because so many of those teams, like obviously Ohio State's very good, but it's like they'll get enough of a lead and then they just take their foot off the gas. Yes. And so anytime they like, I would say anytime there's a big time program favored by like forty points against the Sun Belt, they're not going to cover. I have no stats to back that up. That's just a hunch. No, it's I a mean, gut feeling. Any other betting advice that you've given me over the last couple months, you've been right on. So I will take that and jot it down in the old memory book. <laughs> yeah, you should have like a bet book, a burn book. <laughs> yeah, a little betting just keep journal. Keep tracking these things. Gambler's journal. It is. That's what I mean. That's the the fun and the you know the curse of betting, though. Yeah, and the things that seem just so obvious. That are not so obvious. Oh, like there was another game. I think it was like uh, Hawaii and Michigan. I think I took the over on, which was fine. There was one more game that I took where I was just like, this is a good bet. Like I won't have to worry about it. And it didn't happen for me, and I was pissed. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's tough. I'll tell you what's not tough. That's the happy hour at Club 609. You should definitely hop in there. Uh, Thursday nights are a great spot. Catch that Thursday night football game, happy hour until 8 p.m., two-for-one drink specials, and $2 draft pours at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is going to be downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. It's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you're going to need your oil change and your tire serviced. That is me. I will be visiting them tomorrow for those services. Be sure to visit downtown Lube right here in Joplin, Missouri. And now time for a little new segment, uh, studs and duds, looking specifically at fantasy football. Maybe we'll do like some uh, helmet sticker type stuff later in the year too. But studs and duds of the fantasy football world, not to just make it specifically about my fantasy football team, but we talked about the struggles of the Green Bay Packers today. And that douchebag, Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) put up two points in fantasy football. I drafted him. Late, like late, late. I think it was maybe like the sixth or seventh quarterback to go in our fantasy football league. Yeah. And I thought, you guys are high. Why did you let him fall this far? (laughs) And then he comes out and absolutely shits the bed today, scoring two points. It just, it did not look good for the Packers and it didn't look good for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that it's a situation of like, oh, time's finally caught up to him. I and he did it again last year, so who knows what's going to happen. But he looked very bad today. The Green Bay Packers looked very bad, at least offensively, defensively too. Yeah, uh, my dud of the, of today was Amari Cooper, like with the Cleveland Browns. And I know Jacoby Brissett is is your starting quarterback, but dude, you did nothing today. Like Donovan Peoples Jones is. It seems like he's the number one receiver there in Cleveland. It doesn't seem like it's Amari Cooper. Granted, it's also just week one. Didn't look good at all, though. So Amari Cooper was my dud for yeah. today. I also have Amari Cooper on my team. And uh, right before the games kicked off today, I thankfully I benched him. But I played Chase Claypool for him, who only scored four more points. Mm. I got my ass handed to me <laughs> in fantasy football. I actually did pretty well in like all my leagues. I've ended up in five leagues. I only wanted to do three. And if, I, you no, know that's a lie. I'm in six. I'm in six leagues. You're one, six. Yeah, someone volunteered me for one that I didn't know I was in, and I was just like, awesome. Um, I actually did pretty well. My team scored 127 points. I just ended up getting my ass kicked. My yeah. team scored 127 points. That seems. And good. my quarterback scored two. 
You don't the rest of your team. So you know what? I did do a pretty good job. Yeah. Pat on my back. Uh, Nick Chubb went off. Pat on my back. (laughs) He did very good. Uh, Had like 147 yards, but no touchdowns. So he scored 16 points. Terry McLaurin scored a late touchdown. He got 14. Pat Fryermuth, he scored 12. A.J. Dillon in my flex scored 19. And then Ryan Suckup, so far, I might not lose. (laughs) So far, Ryan Suckup has 13 points. I'm only trailing by five. <laughs> Ooh, you're going to win. The guy I'm playing is talking a lot of shit, by the way. Yep. Mr. Mid-America RV. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> He's I not going to the... hear the end of it. If, uh, if I come back and win this <laughs> thing, <laughs> he will not hear the end he of it. He probably won't talk to us for a while. But God damn it. Yeah, but uh, my, I did have Amari Cooper. And I, I was kind of th- thinking this year that he might go off and be like yeah. the number one guy. But he really didn't do much. For them either. So, yeah, I have both duds on my team. <laughs> both duds. My stud, though, comes from the same ball game. Yeah. Justin Jefferson. I don't know how, and maybe this is just crazy. I think Justin Jefferson might be underrated. Yeah, I kind of thought that today when he's like, I think he had two touchdowns today, right? I mean, if you're looking at his stats right there, please fill me in. But it was like everyone was reacting like, wow, I can't believe Justin Jefferson's like still good. I was like, whoa. When was he not? Like he's just mm-hmm. been a stud since he came into the league. And even here against the Packers. And I did see someone tweet to us like, the one player that you know you should not let beat you is beating you right now. And that was like mm-hmm. before they're going to be at Packers. Like that's completely on coaching. But at the same time, it's like Justin Jefferson's going to get his and he's going to gritty. And y'all just going to have to deal with it at this point. Nine catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. And it's, I think he might be underrated because he's not in that discussion for like top receiver or top five receiver in mm-hmm. the league. But like, and rightfully so, we'll throw Jamar Chase's name in there. Again, rightfully so. Yeah. Like Justin Jefferson has done it for an additional year, but nobody talks about him doing it. And he's doing it with Kirk Cousins. So it's like, how can you shit on Kirk Cousins and be like, this guy's trash, yep. but Justin Jefferson's going off. But then praise a guy like Jamar Chase when everybody's anointing Joe Burrow. It's like, oh, this is Joe Cool, who's the next Joe Montana. So I think Justin Jefferson is maybe maybe not underrated, but underappreciated to where he should be in those discussions, especially if he has another big year, which it looks like he's going to. He should probably be in that top five receiver. But you, I don't think that he was really included by most people. Yeah. Like myself included. I, you know, you put Tyreek, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup in there, Jamar Chase. I don't think a lot of people really put – Jamar Jefferson's name or Justin Jefferson's name in there, and they probably should. And to add on to that, I mean, it's just like, and there's probably some people that will hear it and be like, oh, well, yeah, no, he's in like, you know, I think he is. I think he is. We're talking on like a national media landscape of like, when you talk about the top five receivers, Justin Jefferson's name needs to be up at the top. And another guy who is and should remain up there and was my stud of the weekend for fantasy football, Mm -hmm. Stephon Dix, eight receptions, 122 yards, 15 average, and a touchdown. Had a huge 53-yard-long uh, touchdown reception as well. Dude mm-hmm. balled out. I was just going nuts Thursday because I also had a little in-game parlay with that where I had an anytime Josh Allen touchdown, any time Stephon Diggs touchdown, and then I think there was something else where I needed the defense to get a turnover, and I missed out on one of them. But it was just mm-hmm. like, ooh. And I do I have – I don't so think I mentioned close. him, but I have Stephon Diggs as well. He went off for 30 points for In me. our league? Mm-hmm. I I looked at it. No, I know. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. He, That's, see, this is why I hate being in so many leagues because I don't mm-hmm. know who's on my team in what league. That's just. 
Yep. The tough I know part that, about it. And the shitty part, too, of being in so many leagues is that you'll have a guy on one team, but you'll be playing against him on another mm-hmm. team or another league. Yes. And it's like, oh, sweet, Justin Jefferson went off. Oh, no, I'm playing him in this league. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's almost it makes it difficult to, to root for your guys because you're probably playing against them in another mm-hmm. league. And a guy that should probably be another stud is Saquon Barkley. That dude dropped yep. 34 points on my ass today because mm-hmm. I thought I play your brother. Um, I believe it's your brother, actually. Maybe it's not. But uh, in our fantasy league, and I was thought I was kicking his ass earlier. Well, here comes Saquon Barkley and Devonta Adams. Said, hey, but you just hold up, fella. Yep. Uh, Saquon scored at least in our league 34 yeah. points today. Josh Allen was another one. We kind of talked about the Bills a little bit. He was phenomenal. Scored 34 points, and also uh, Gabe Davis. Yeah, had a big fantasy. He league. scored the first touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, as well, uh, so he, he was good. And then a lot of the uh, you know the regular guys, Cooper Cup, Cup. I think I just said Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase. A lot of those guys. Um, number one point scorer in our league was Patrick Mahomes today. What's his? Forty-five points. Jeez. Scored. My current quarterback right now, Dak Prescott, whopping zero, dude. No oh, yeah. Points. Welcome yeah, to the I'm club. I'm watching him play right now. <laughs> Zero freaking points. Welcome to the club because Aaron <laughs> Rodgers got me two points today. Reigning MVP. I'm losing by five points in my fantasy football matchup. And Aaron Rodgers scored two points. I'm losing by 36. My quarterback has zero, and I got Cortland Sutton playing tomorrow. How many – uh, <laughs> What's how many total points do you have on your team? 110. Yeah, see, me thinking I'm getting yeah, my ass. The guy I'm playing has 146. Now, again, it's because he's got Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams just absolutely tearing it up this week for him. So, congratulations, Mr. Mike Miller. I hate looking at my fantasy team and being like, why didn't I play that guy today? <laughs> yeah. Like, why was I starting this person over that person? Why do I have Cook sitting on my bench? What an idiot. But like, that's why did I not play the Chargers defense? I have Wait, the Patriots I did, defense. Actually. I that's did. the one I'm looking at. Like, why, did I, why do I have the Patriots defense? And I also played Brees Hall because that's another one of my guys. He didn't really do much today. And I had um, Herbert and Gainwell just sitting on my bench. That's whatever. Just lessons learned. Fantasy we'll be sports. ready for next week. We will. And we'll be ready for Thursday as well. Uh, that'll be a fun little matchup. Chiefs, Chiefs versus Chargers yes, sir. in that one. But we'll be back at it Thursday night. We appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us. Uh, if you are listening on a Sunday night or uh, most of you, I feel, probably listening on Monday morning. Hope you have a great week. Big Country and I back at it again on Thursday. We'll talk to you then.